0: Hello and welcome, I'm your host, Shannon Namaste, and I'm here to help you awaken your hidden talents and gifts that you're destined to share with the world. So whether you're brand new to meditation, healing, regression, or well into your spiritual journey, this podcast will bring you the clarity that your heart has been seeking. You will hear beautiful and powerful stories from world-renowned healers. And global change makers that will inspire you as you journey through your destined path. Mm-hmm. Join me as we dive in together. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Janet Namaste, the podcast. Wow, there is so much Vata energy going on right now, and Vata is. Wind energy. There's a lot of shifts and moving parts. And, you know, it's so important during this period in time to ground yourselves. Like it's important at all times of the year. It doesn't matter when or where, what season it's in. But especially when it's like spring season in the northern hemisphere, in the month of April, May, that is when things start shifting, especially when we get into the month of May. That being said, it's um, we're going into a period where there's lots of lots of retrogrades happening, and we're going into pre eclipse season, where we're going to be clearing up a lot of old emotional debris that has been clutter there since two thousand and three. Pretty awesome. So, whenever eclipses happen they travel with these, it's a family of 18 years, like every 18 years, there's a new family of eclipses. So the last time that we've experienced this type of emotional debris, spring cleaning, I guess we could call it is back in 2003. So um, while I'm recording this, ironically, or not ironically, the angels are always speaking, you know, if we're just aware and awake. There are signs all the time. You know, the universe speaks to us, the angels, the guides, it's just being aware and awake. And um, I'm recording this and I just looked at the clock and it says 333, which is amazing because numerologically, the number three um, is all about um, expansion. It's the planet Jupiter rules number three. And when numbers are in threes, three, 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 um, and when what happens is that it's like this big, um, everything is in caps and bold and exclamation points. It's they're in your face and the angels want us to know that to let go of control, that they got your back and to connect to your inner child. The number three signifies listening to that voice that is inside of us, you know? And when you listen to that sound of your voice, truly, when you connect to that inner calling, magic happens because it will never steer you wrong. And that's what happened to me about three years ago. Oh, goodness, I think it's actually four years ago when I had the great privilege of meeting one of my mentors, my friend, my healer. But he's not just my healer. He's the healer to humanity, Rob Oregon. And in this conversation, you guys are going to really, really love it. It's amazing because he is so authentic. And when we connected in person, it was like I saw all of the lifetimes, all of the connections. It just like flashed before me. And I heard his name and his voice on a Wednesday. It was a summer afternoon on a Wednesday when... Um, I heard about the heel documentary. And then I watched the movie that evening. And I said, I got to meet this guy. It was it was something about that I just felt magnetically drawn. And at that moment in my life, what was going on, on the back end was that tragedy, or an unfortunate circumstance happened in my family in which there was a traumatic um, accident with my father. He survived, but it affected his life and our lives forever. And um, at that moment in time, here I am doing healings and teaching and my business went global and everything. It seems so great on the surface, but in, as a daughter, as um, a human, as a soul watching somebody that you suffer and that you love so tremendously, it affected me as well, um, where my body went into complete inflammatory mode. And, you know, as people that are here on this planet earth to heal, you know, doctors, physicians, empaths, the clairs I mean, psychiatrists, even teachers, and we're all actually healers within, you know, but we have, um, the great privilege of sending that love and tips to all of humanity with no conditions. But when it comes down to the family members, then we constrict at times because there is a personal agenda involved. Not that there isn't a personal agenda when we want others to in the world that we don't know to heal. It's just that we're not as connected emotionally in that aspect. And we could be more objective when it happens on a personal level. We constrict at times because we just so don't want to watch or feel the pain that we see sometimes in the ones that we love and um that's what was going on in the back end and I met Rob when when the universe you know was meant for our meeting to happen it was happen everything was in divine timing so it was a Wednesday and I call I actually email um his waitlist, because I saw he was going to be in New York that weekend. And I'm like, whoa, he's going to be in the city. Amazing. I'm so there. And I get on his waitlist. And I get in touch with his personal assistant. I don't even remember how that happened. And she told me, Janet, well, there's a waitlist. And there's, you know, about Five, five or six people before you, so I really don't think it will happen. But perhaps you want to go to Boston, drive up. He's going to be there the following weekend. I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> I could only do Saturday. I can't do Sunday. I could only do Saturday. And long and behold, um, how the universe had it. It pushed us. You know, it made that spot open up somehow, and you know, the skies opened up and. I was there. There were like only nine people that were there, and I was the ninth one. Um, I guess the other people weren't able to make it, and it was just meant to be that way. So when I walked in, I we just connected, and our eyes met, and I'm like, oh my God. It was all of these lives, all of this... Flashing before me of how many times that um, we knew one another. It was this sense of familiarity, a a sense of safety, of security, of camaraderie, and of trust. And um, it was one of the most magnificent experiences of my life, truly. Um, And after that, you know, it was, we just ended up being amazing friends. It's not ended up, it's just, basically, you know, um, beginning where we ended in a previous lifetime and what we decided to do is as soon as like COVID hit, and um, he started doing these healings on Zoom, and I started doing these free offerings on Zoom as well, and the podcast. And he was one of the first interviews, and I get to share this with the world now. <laughs> Pure, authentic Rob Worgan. You are going to listen to his humbling words, and you'll hear in every single word that he says there's this beautiful vibration associated with it and even like as long as you're not driving try to listen to it even with your eyes closed because healing even happens while he's even telling you his story and his story is so um this is not somebody who you know was born was born a healer and was completely was a gift to the world and everyone embraced him since he was a young young man absolutely not he was born a healer that is his calling but he shut that down when he was seven years old and he awakened it when he was in his early 50s and this authentic beautiful transcription of his soul it will completely open up your heart inspire you And may you utilize this to continue on on your path of healing of your dharmic journey and never, ever give up. You know, just when you think all the doors are closing behind, you know that the light is always, always there, always there. So listen to my amazing friend, Rob, who is a healer, a conduit. He is a modern mystic. And um, he must have already completed in his lifespan, in this lifespan, at least 250,000 healings, you know, no doubt, no doubt. And it really is something that um, is just a gift. So anyway, let me, without further ado, introduce you to the amazing Rob Wergen. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Janet. Namaste. And today I have a special guest for you. And it is one of my greatest friends and also world renowned healer, Rob Morgan. Welcome, Rob.
1: Thank you. You You're one of my greatest friends as well.
0: Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Rob Morgan, he is an empath. He is a world renowned healer. And he is the four clairs, which is clairvoyance, which he's able to see, claircognizance, which is the knowing, the clairsentient as well of feeling, and clairaudience, able to hear spirit as well. And Rob is featured as one of the healers in the documentary film Heal, which is one of my favorite documentaries. If you haven't watched it, please go right now after this interview and really take a look. And he was there featured along with Deepak Chopra, Michael Beckwith, Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden, and others, amazing pioneers in the metaphysical world and in the healing world. So in 2003, Rob found himself engulfed in a period of really of, I guess, what we would call an obstacle in life, right? It was really a a deep despair where he embarked on this journey, his search for purpose and the meaning of his life. So to his amazement, he received this beautiful answer from the divine source, which led him onto his path of healing and of healing others. So since that time, he has dedicated his life to contributing this uplifting benefit which is his innate gift of healing and the welfare of others of probably over 200,000 people thus far and it's only like exponentially like every year getting more and more because people are finally awakening and waking up to the divine source of this beautiful healing so rob draws inspiration from both rich traditions and works with peoples of people with of all ages religions of spiritual persuasions and Rob also believes, which I'm sure you're going to share with everyone, that less than loving physical, mental, and emotional experiences, things that we have gone through, it creates this density that is inside of us, this stagnation, this spiritual blockage, and also that could lead to physical disease. And through this, however, these blocks that he speaks about, these are actually gifts. It's from the divine. And these are gifts created by our soul and by the divine powerful package that we cannot ignore. So through his amazing gifts, through his hands-on healing, and now Zoom sessions, which really are, I've experienced numerous of of these Zoom sessions. They are actually, I feel, more powerful than actually hands-on, although personally I love seeing you in person. But um, these um, hands-on divine energy transmission Rob helps to clear away old patterns in the most loving way, these belief systems that probably have been there for in our DNA, that has been there in our ancestral lineage for decades. And this is a process, it's a gentle process where if you just surrender to belief and trust and faith, it releases pain, disease, addictions, and I personally have seen miracles with my clients that I have referred and miracles that you have you have created a miracle in my life you've helped facilitate that so I thank you so Rob welcome 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 this is such an honor to have you and I really would love to discuss this beautiful journey of awakening and um would love if you would share with our audience how you aligned with your B- Divines life purpose.
1: Well, oh, first of all, that's the nicest introduction I've ever had anyone give me. So seriously, I'm like, I'm always a little nervous when people are going to do an introduction because I'm never quite sure what they're going to say. <laughs> um, but that was that was pristine. I hope you send me a copy of it so I can give it th- to people as a roadmap for introductions. But thank I you. I certainly will. You. <clears throat> you know my. My life has been so amazing. I I just turned 72 this year, and I never in my wildest imagination ever thought that at age 72, I would be doing what I'm doing. Um, Not in a million years. I thought I was going to make a lot of money as a businessman, retire in my early 50s, have a house in Santa Barbara, have a house in Aspen, travel the world and just be one of those disgusting people that had a lot of money. <clears throat> that was kind of my life. But if we go back to my childhood, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me I'd like to start is, you know, I was born with the four clairs, like like you said. And as a little boy, I thought everybody had that, that ability to see and hear and all those things. And I just thought everybody could do that. And I was always getting in trouble, though, because I would say to my mom, here. Great grandfather standing next to you, and he's telling me to tell you this, and she punished me for saying things, or you know I would know things that nobody else knew, or I would heal animals and do all these things as a child. But just thinking that I was doing God's work, because the truth is, my parents were German immigrants, Missouri Synod Lutherans, very strict um, Christians. They were more concerned with the Bible and going to church and and reading from the Bible and honoring the Ten Commandments than they were pretty much anything else. And so we were raised that way. And so for me to come across a rabbit that was in my yard or in my trail that had been hurt and just simply say, God, would you please help this rabbit and then touch the rabbit and feel all this energy and then the rabbit would kind of hop around and then be fine. I just thought that I was doing what I was taught as a a young Lutheran boy, you know, ask, pray to God and see what happens. So that's what I was doing. But by the time I was about seven years old, my parents had had, especially my mom, had had enough of my, as she said, doing devil work. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was convinced I was possessed. And I would argue with her and say, but if I was really possessed, wouldn't the rabbit explode? or turn into fire or something bad happened to the rabbit. If I was doing devil's work and she'd say, no, you're being tricked. You're being tricked by the devil. And, you know, so I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it at all, but they had an exorcism done me when I was about seven years old, which, you know, people usually gasp when I say that, but what I say is that the truth is that was one of the greatest gifts my parents could have given me because Mm. what they did was, instead of taking what could have been a great sideshow or a circus act, you know, doing these amazing healings, they shut me down from that, which allowed me to have a normal human life. And so, you know, from age seven until age 54, I had a normal human life. I had been married several times, you know, uh, bankrupt, had all kinds of different diagnoses, some really severe and life-threatening diseases. Uh, I overused drugs, overused alcohol. I mean, I'm not proud of my my past. I'm not proud of what I did. However, what I am proud of is what it taught me. And what it taught me, this life that I didn't understand at the time, because from seven years old until my 50s, I had no idea what the four clairs were or I had no idea that I had them, right? Right. I always knew things. I always sensed things. I always could, people would always gravitate to me. You know, when I was this big successful CEO with a corner office, people would come and stand outside my office all the time. And my assistants would say, what are you doing? And they're like, we have a headache. And if I stand here for a few minutes, I know my headache will go away. So I just thought that was interesting, but I never tied it backwards to being a kid. Doing things, I just thought, you know, probably feels good to be next to the CEO. I don't know, it was some ego and an ego answer, not a spiritual answer. Right.
0: So
1: anyway, so all my life, I I had no idea. I didn't remember my childhood. Um, I collected crystals. I collected feathers. I had every book written on Spiritism, um, Native American healing, South American healing, Shamanism, you know, Christian healing, all these things. I had all these books that I never read and I had all these feathers and I had these cards that I used to draw. My favorite is sacred path cards. I used to draw cards and do card spreads. And I just thought, why am I doing this? This is so weird. And, and, you know, I had this crystal, which is always with me on my desk as a CEO. And people would say, why do you have that crystal? I'm like, I don't know. I just like it. So my, my adult life, I, I played hard. I worked hard. And if you would have asked me the day before I had this life-changing experience in 2003, if I was religious, I would have said, no, I'm an atheist. And if you would have asked me if I believed in past lives or anything spiritual, I'd say, no, that's a bunch of BS. So I was pretty uh, adamant about my beliefs uh, on February 21st, 2003. But then on February 22nd, 2003, I, I attempted to kill myself and you know, I had, I had gone from being fabulously wealthy to completely poor. I had less than a dollar to my name. I had to beg for money to eat. Uh, everything I owned was being repossessed. I mean, I, you know, when you referred to that earlier, that's what was happening. I, I had my total identity as a, as a rich, powerful businessman taken away from me. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was naked in the middle of the street with nothing. And I'd been stripped, and and as I look at my life now, I see all the opportunities I had. You know, I call them billboards. You know, I'm driving down the road in my Porsche, and there's a billboard that says, "Hey Rob, hey Rob, hey Rob, hey Rob, hey Rob," But I'm too busy driving my Porsche to read the billboard, which was spiritual information, right? So yep. I now mean, I can see it now. I didn't see it then. So finally, after driving by too many billboards. They said, oh yeah, watch this, we're gonna smack you. And so they smacked me hard. I tried to kill myself and um, chicken, I'm a chicken. So I took a bunch of pills. I didn't do anything, you know, physical. Um, And God, goddess came to me or whoever that is. I can't prove any of this. I just know what I know. And I was told to remember what I did as a child that I simply would ask God to help somebody and use them to use, let them use my body to, to put their energy through me to the person. And I would get completely out of the way, watch it happen, know that it wasn't me. And at the end say, thank you. So it was really simple. So like ask God, get out of the way, say, thank you. Boom, done. And so that's, you know, that's the really short story, but, um, and I had to have a lot of encouragement uh after that, I had lots of miracles appear in front of me. things happened that that couldn't be explained and so, over a period of a few months um, they got my attention they They showed me that this is all real and true and absolute, and with absolute certainty, I knew that what they had told me was was real and that was seventeen and a half years ago and Two hundred thousand people go. and you know, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, I, I I've always said that the day that when the day happens that I wake up in the morning, I'm not excited about the possibility of that day. Then it's time for me to retire, and I don't expect that anytime soon. <laughs> I, I don't have,
0: either. <laughs>
1: I'm doing this until I take my last breath, so I don't care. I mean, I I, I don't have any intention to retire. I hope that I stay healthy. You know, I'm one of those few 72-year-olds that takes absolutely no medication. I have absolutely nothing wrong with me. Uh, My blood pressure is perfect. My cholesterol is perfect. Everything's perfect. And yeah, I eat really carefully, but I'm being divinely taken care of. You know, when I lost everything and people say, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm not worried about it because I'm being taken care of. I trust and believe that if i do god's work i'll be taken care of so i'm i'm not worried about you know i don't look at my bank account i don't have financial people feeding me information i don't pay any attention okay. until i have to sign my tax return and the rest of it i mean i treat kids for free i treat seniors for free i treat tons of people for free and 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 i charge those who can afford to pay me and that's that's how i make a living that's my life's work i'm not rich I don't care. I don't want to. I don't care. You know. So that's that's a, a, a Reader's Digest version of your <laughs> question, I guess.
0: But I'll tell you something. You know how you said there are certain things that you did in life that you weren't proud of. Those are just experiences. And yeah,
1: absolutely. I, and and you know,
0: yeah, they're just experiences. And and because of those experiences, it's that beautiful like angel of compassion that was there that was trying to get your attention through those billboards take a look rob take a look and you're like no 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 you know my ego i i just gotta keep on moving i need to keep on moving and you know the world of the materialism of you know it's it's definitely enticing it's very you know seductive also right and but it isn't lasting and your joy jar is is full it was just like the exterior happiness but i need to tell you something you just Was the date February 22nd, 2003, you just mentioned? Mm -hmm. So numerologically, the life path of that number is actually an 11. And so there's no such thing as coincidence, right? That's, you know, that's something that you have taught me as well, that we're all here on this, like, we have our own divine path, we're all connected. And on that day, that life path of February 22nd, 2003, that equals a number 11. And that has to do with like the angels are there supporting you. Mm. So you weren't a chicken. You were definitely brave to actually hear the voice of the divine. So um, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. If it was February 20, 21st, then I don't know
1: about that. Thank God it was the twenty second. Uh, yeah, because I it's like I had thought about what I was gonna do for days.
0: Wow. And I kept saying, wow. no,
1: not today, no, not today. And I'll never forget that that morning I woke up really early that morning and I was so happy. I was so excited. I was like, wow, this is gonna be an amazing day. And I knew I my soul knew it, but my you know but i'm like why am i so excited i'm going to kill myself you know and and it's My like oh, this is going to be an amazing experience i'm like okay and it was so <laughs>
0: but it's unbelievable in life we go through so many deaths and rebirths and there's so many out there especially during this period of time where this, there's this level of not trusting in the divine, of fearing that God has punished them for some reason, you know, that this whole, you know, the virus, they're suffering. But my question to you is does everybody have the ability to heal themselves? Does every single person on this planet have that ability?
1: You know, my opinion and my belief is yes. And and you know, and this is what I say all the time, and I'll say it again for you now, and you've heard me say it, I'm sure. The only difference between me, and and you, I put you you and me are in the same carrier. So the only difference between you and I, and people that come and see us, is the people that come and see us believe that they have to seek somebody outside of themselves to help them. Whether it's a physician or a psychic or a healer or a chiropractor, yeah. doesn't matter. Right. The only difference is they believe they have to seek that and people that are constantly on the internet looking for the next treatment, the next supplement, the next person to go to are in disbelief that they can do anything themselves. So what happens is they hold themselves in that energy of not being well because they're in, always in search of a cure or something instead of just allowing themselves a cure, right? So, so what I say is the only difference between Janet and Rob and a lot of people is that, is that disbelief. And if you just believe like I do, like Janet does, that if you ask God for help and you get out of the way and you let go of all your story and all your junk and just let it happen, it will. You know, I see so many people that are stage four cancer um, hospice ready Right, they're about to go to hospice. I see so many people that way. And I've seen people go to hospice and die. And I've seen people not go to hospice and thrive. And the only difference is um, what they if they've bought into the story they've been told about how their life is going to end, and they believe it. Or if they say, you know what, I don't like that story. I'm going to create my own story. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to watch my kids have their kids. I'm gonna watch my grandkids grow up. I'm gonna be at 95 having my birthday party eating chocolate cake. And that's what I that's my story. I'm gonna believe that story instead of suffering, suffering dead. And I see it all the time and I say that to people all the time and they're like, oh come on. I'm like there's a lot of evidence about it. You know, Bruce Lipton's wrote brilliant work. Mm you know like his him. my favorite book that he's written is biology of belief he yeah. talks about it in that movie heal uh, how we we are the only ones that can program our own cells to do exactly what we tell them to do and if you believe you're going to die in 90 days you'll probably die within 85 to 90 days if you believe that you're going to live to be 95 and you really believe it you're going to live that way so so it's it's our constant we've been trained by whatever to search outside of ourselves for healing, whether it's a drug or a doctor or a healer, or a shaman or a sage, or who cares? We're yeah. always looking for the, the cure, right? And I've actually, uh, just before I came to this, I was meeting with a, a, a book editor who's gonna help me finally finish my book. And my book is called, Can't wait. are you ready? Have, you, have I told you the title of my book?
0: No, but I've been asking you to write a book for years. Well, it's
1: almost done. So the the title of my book is this, Illness is the Cure. Because my belief is that just like with me, so I, I look at my life as, you know, I ref, my life is my truth, right? I know what I've experienced and I know what I've gone through. And I use that as my truth. I use it in my teaching. I use it in my healing. And so what I know to be true is that your soul will, you know, we all are driving by our billboards. Every one of us is driving by our billboards, you know, and we're not paying attention because we're on our phone now or we're searching for a healer or whatever. We're not reading the billboards. And at some point your soul goes, you know what? I'm going to get Rob's attention. He's not paying attention. I'm going to get his attention. Yeah. I'm going to create pain in his lower abdomen and he's going to go to the doctor and a doctor is going to tell him he's got pancreatic cancer. That ought to get his attention. And so the diagnosis is your billboard, your cosmic two by four, your awareness check that says, Hey, you've been ignoring, you haven't changed your lifestyle. You haven't changed your diet. You haven't moved from New York. You haven't left that job. You haven't left that relationship whatever it is, you're still drinking or drugging or whatever. And your soul is saying to you now, hey, Rob, we're going to get your attention because you haven't been paying attention. Here's your opportunity to, to be cured. And we're going to give you an illness that's going to give you the opportunity and the incentive if you choose to change your life, cure whatever it is that you've been carrying for lifetimes, or the illness can let you move on and come back and do this again, right? So to me, when somebody tells you you have fibromyalgia or Crohn's disease or Lyme disease or stage four cancer or whatever it is, it's your soul saying, hey, we've packaged up all your crap that you have been avoiding all your lifetimes and we're presenting it in a way that you can't ignore anymore because you've been ignoring all the signs up until now. So a diagnosis is a gift. An illness is a gift. COVID yeah. is a gift. COVID really? is is giving people the opportunity to let go of their fear, take care of their bodies, boost their immune systems, and watch what happens with the world that's changing in front of us in a way that hasn't hasn't changed for twenty five thousand years. So my belief is COVID is the ultimate two by four to this world who's gone completely crazy with greed and power and corruption and lies. And the only way that the beings that we all work with can create change is to create this great pandemic that's sweeping through the world, that's exposing everything. It's exposing all the political corruption, all the financial corruption, all the drug corruption. Everything's being exposed. Relationships are breaking down. Things are happening. Everything's breaking down. Yeah. People are dying. You know, It's all good because it's the only way that it's the illness, the illness called COVID, that's the cure for not only everybody on the world, but the planet itself. So that's that's my book right there.
0: I, I love that. And I agree with you 100% because We always have these, like, knocks, uh, you know, our souls knocking and knocking and knocking.
1: Yes. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, I don't have time. Wait, I have to post something. Wait, I have to do something. Wait, I have to launch something. You know, we're always looking outside of ourselves also for the answers, not waiting, not realizing that our soul that's within us always has the answers. So it's in. Yeah. So it's interesting, like what you said, when, when my, when people that have come to see you and me, um, I tell them, I'm just reminding you of everything that you already know inside. You already have this. I'm just, you know, helping you put on that light switch so you can finally see, you know, the floodlight, but it was always there within you. But I, and I believe like what you're saying about COVID, how it is the biggest, you know, this is, it's a great gift, you know. COVID it, it affects the respiratory system, which is our fourth chakra, right? And if you think about Mother Earth, and it's like we really suffocated Mother Earth with our. It's not even just our belief system; it's the patterns that have been there for so long, of just like this, you know, organization and political things and beliefs, and that's that's it's true. Structures is falling apart, but. When things like this happen, it's a wake up call, which is affecting our respiratory fourth chakra for us to actually go into our path of divine love, like really to lead with love. What we really truly need is like to be leaders of love in our life. And also of imagine like we had like presidents and, and kings and queens that really led with love, not with ego. I mean, truly it's, it would be a beautiful place, but um. Yeah, this is this is a wake up wake up time for everyone to step out and do what they were meant to be doing. And I cannot wait until that book comes out. I cannot wait.
1: Well, you'll get the first. You'll get the first copy.
0: Yes. Amazing. So, yep. the other question I had is that when you do and by the way, I do have this card comes with me everywhere. And if I could tell you the brief story of how did I ever tell you how I got I you know um the first time I ever saw this card.
1: With your dad, right?
0: With my dad. Yeah. So yeah. my my father is um a three-time last stage um cancer survivor, okay? He had last stage since he was 50 um in his early 50s. He was diagnosed with um last stage non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And at that moment, I was studying Kabbalah uh, since my my early 20s. I was studying Kabbalah and I used to scan the 72 names of God and I used to picture the uh, light going through my father and so on and so forth. And miraculously, I mean, they really like gave him. I don't even know how people can doctors can give progno- prognosis because truly that's between us and the divine. So um, right before we met, I. Um, I found, you know, I watched the Heal documentary and I said, I need to meet this guy. I have to meet Rob. And I went on your site and it turned out that weekend you were in New York and that's where I live. And I couldn't, you know, there was a wait list beyond another wait list. And I remember your assistant telling me, if it's meant to be, you'll get in. Don't worry, just let it go. So I let it go. And then it turned out that there was a spot and I, my father at the time was at, um, At the hospital, um, he went through a horrific accident with um, elevator doors crushed him. It was terrible after all of these things and trials and tribulations. And when I went to the hospital, I saw this card hanging right by his bedside. And I said to him, I said, Papa, who gave you that card? And he's like, I don't know. And it had his name in the back of of, of the card. And my mother told me that a neighbor... Who attended your event in Omega months prior, had a bunch of angels cards. And my parents, they've been married for 47 years. They always did everything together. She asked where my dad was, and she said he wasn't, he was at the hospital. And she gave him this card. And it was the day that I came to your event. So these angels cards, and this is like segue to my question, is these. Tra- these transmissions of lights these angels these beings are, are they can anyone connect to these angels or is it your specific um i guess this legion of angels that come and and guide guide through you
1: okay let's see um <laughs> so the, so i again i just want everybody to be clear that everything i say is what I know to be true. I'm not expecting you to believe everything I Mm -hmm. say. I'm just telling you what I know to be true. And you're welcome to form your own belief around what Janet says, what I said. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you don't agree with me. I'm just telling you what I know. And and what I know is what I've experienced in 17 years working with people. Okay, So um, people have always asked me, And that's how the card got developed. So we can do a quick answer there. People always have asked me, do I have any angels around me? Do I have any? Um, I mean, does everybody have angels? And I would say, yes, we all have many. And they'd say, well, what do they look like? And I would try to describe them to them. And I could tell that people were like all over the place. And so I met this young lady at a farmer's market in Southern California in 2003 that was painting these gorgeous, like metaphysical paintings. And I said to her, could I commission you to paint something? And I describe it to you. And she said, sure. So I did my best to describe what, I, what a, an angel looked like to me, which is an angel to me is not a person. It's, not a, it's an energy. It's an energetic beam of light coming down from the divine that reflects and has so much reflection around it and so it appears that there's wings and it appears that there's these different things, but it's just a beam of light that's, that's coming to us and then reflecting off of our light, creating an image that looks like that angel card. So that's how that angel card got created. And then uh, we've, we've done everything we can to spread this work as much as we can. So we give them away for free. You can go to my website and we'll send them to you for free if you want more, we'll send you more for free, as many as you want. But anyway, so we put that image, I have a big image of a huge painting that she did, but then that image is a photo of the painting, mm-hmm. and it's been infused with the same energy that we work with, which is divine love and light, which is unconditional love and bliss. So that's the energy that that I work with through the divine. So, so let's get to your question. So This is what I know to be true, and I will tell you things that you may or may not agree with based on your religious backgrounds, because I know how I was trained when I was in a religious family. So here's what I know. Always, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there are multiple angelic beings around you, and they're different. You have Angels, which are the beings of light, being beams of light coming from God, the divine God, goddess, whatever you want to call that source of energy, have those. You have master beings who have been in the human body. Mm. So they're master beings because they know what it feels like to be you. So there's human forms around you that look like humans, but they're master beings. Then you have these um, angelic, like super beings like Jesus, Mary, but they can be, if, you, if, if you're Jewish and you don't believe in Jesus, it could be a different being that you believe in. So it, it doesn't matter. They will show up in the way that's most meaningful to you. They'll, just because it's not Jesus to you doesn't mean it's not somebody else that's equivalent to Jesus, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. Um, So it doesn't matter, you know, so that's why you never see me with pictures of beings around me, because my beings that I recognize may not be the ones that you recognize. And if you don't recognize them, they're meaningless to you, right? So picture of Jesus to some is going to be the most important, a picture of Buddha to some or a picture of Daffy Duck to some. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. So here's what I know to be true, and I want everybody to understand. Always, 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 the beings around you are changing. They're not always the same. People go to psychics, and the psychic says, right now around you, Rob, you have you know, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And these beings are around you. So you write down, or you get the tape, and it says, I'm always surrounded by Huey, Dewey, and Louie. So every time you do prayer, <laughs> these are my master beings. What are you laughing at?
0: <laughs> Mine is Mickey and Minnie, so okay. we're good. <laughs> well, I usually use them,
1: so I didn't want to crowd it. So, so I say to folks, okay, so the, in that moment of time, in that moment of time, those were the beings around you. Right. But as soon as your emotional state changes, your physical state changes, anything about you changes, all the beings around you change. So in that psychic reading, they could have been the beings that were holding space for you so the psychic could read you. But as soon as you walked outside and walked towards the bus stop, the beings around you were protecting you from the other energies as you were walking to the bus stop. Or if you're lost in the woods, you get the Boy Scout, Girl Scout beings. Or if you're in the hospital, you get the the master healers. They will change as often as your emotions change or your situation changes. Uh, how, do I know, how do I know this to be true? Well, I mean, I can see things, first of all, but in 2003, after I had this awakening, I decided to go to Australia. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just because I had lots of United Airlines miles, and I thought, if I don't go now, I'll probably never go. So I went to Australia, and here's where I went. Um, I thought that if I went to Australia and said I was a shaman from the United States i didn't have i wouldn't have a reputation i could start working with people and they would they wouldn't have expectation because they didn't know who i was except i was some shaman guy from the us and i was in my 50s so i looked like i could be right and i traveled around australia and did work i did healing circles for people even though i'd probably done 10 healings before i went to australia Because I figured if I went someplace unknown, I'd be more comfortable. I wasn't trying to live up to some reputation and I could practice on people. And I was, of course, divinely guided to go. So I went to Australia and in my travels there, I came across this amazing metaphysical crystal shop that had a real, not a biofeedback, but a real Kirlian camera. Oh, wow. The camera that can actually photograph your energy field and all the beings that are in it actually photograph it. And, and they wanted $50 a shot, right? And I didn't even have $5. So I pleaded with them. I said, you know, I'm a shaman from America (laughs) and I'll work on your whole staff if you'll take 10 pictures of me. And they're like, why do you want 10 pictures? And I said, just, I want you to take a different picture every 10 seconds. I want to try something. So this is what I did. My first picture was I thought of the happiest day of my life and I let all that joy come in my body. Click. Oh, wow. Then I went to when I was really afraid. Click. Really angry. Click. Really different, different emotions. I went to 10 different emotional places and then I looked at the photos. They were all different. My light body expanded and contracted. The beings in, in and around me changed every time everything changed every time I changed. And I went, that's what I thought. I've just proven it <laughs> with a camera, right? So that's how I know. I mean, that's that's my scientific backup for that. The only thing that's remained constant in those 10 photographs was my guardian angel.
0: That was so, the question,
1: yeah. Right, so I know mm-hmm. that I'm always protected Oh, my guardian angel is always with me, has been with me since my first breath, and will be with me through my passage into the next layer of life, whatever that is. Constant, 24-7. So what I do is I always call to all appropriate beings who are to be with me now. I am grateful. I don't try to remember Huey, Dewey, Louie, Mickey, and Minnie. Right. Daffy, Donald. I don't, I don't try to remember who I think is going to be there because I'm never going to be right. And it's not important. They don't need to be known. They just want to be recognized. So if I say I'm grateful to all the beings who are with me now, all the appropriate beings are with me now. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful. Thank you. I've recognized everybody. I haven't left anybody out. And I know they're always the appropriate for me now. And five seconds from now, that can change. And they'll all change. Does that make sense, Janet?
0: No, it totally makes sense. So so what, um, what I feel, this is what I'm getting, um, is that as we raise our vibrations and our auric field expands because we're allowing that bandwidth, then we're allowing for the angelic beings that can assist us during that time, they're there, but when we are in grief or when we are angry, our vessel then decreases. But there are beings there also. We just can't—we decrease it, right? We're not open to receive. Is that what happens?
1: Yeah, I mean, so so your my belief again is that right when you're the most when you're the most open, is when you're the most protected. Mm-hmm. And everybody goes, oh, I got to pull my energy, and I'm going into Walmart now, right? And I'm like, no, I'm going into Walmart, <laughs> right? You know, what happens is if we get scared, we pull everything close. If we get told we're sick, we pull everything close. Yes. And instead, when you're close, you can't hold a lot of divine light. When you're open, you can hold a lot of divine light. So my question is, if you're, if you're feeling sick or you're feeling scared, you're going into Walmart, and I apologize to Walmart, The the right thing to do is is expand your light body because then you're completely protected. When you're like this, you're completely vulnerable. And so we, as a natural response, fear, anger, you know, sickness, instead of this.
0: Right.
1: And the more light you carry, the more beings that can be in your light body with you, the less light your body, you have the same amount of beings, but they can't. And join with you because there's no place for them to be. They're standing around you like a crowd of strangers. are like, well, oh, whenever he opens his light body, we'll jump in. But there's no place for him when you're like this. There's plenty right. of room for him when you're like this.
0: That's amazing. And does your guardian angel, like since the moment of creation, the moment that your soul was created, is it the same guardian angel that goes from lifetime to lifetime? That it's basically.
1: Often doesn't have to be. And you know, people think, you know, and I'm not I'm not here to pop any balloons because I'm I'm not saying I'm right. People often think that Uncle Joey or Aunt and Millie are their guardian angel. Right. And it's very rare for a human that you've know of that's been in your lineage to be your guardian angel. It's very it can happen, but it's very rare because most of us are on still working stuff out. We're not, mat- you know, can you think of the one guardian that stays with you your whole life, how advanced that energetic being must be right. to be able to do that? It's probably not going to be your Uncle Louie, right? And no offense to your uncle or your brother or whoever you think it is. Yeah, you can have all these people around you and they will come and go with you. But you, you want a pillar of light as your guardian. And that's probably not going to be anybody you know. It may be a, a name you... Recognize if somebody told you, but that never changes. They're always there.
0: That's amazing. And
1: And you have free will, so
0: exactly
1: remember that part. You know, so many people wait for, well, okay, guardian angel. Do this. No, no, (laughs) you. We
0: we have to ask, right, to be led. That I give permission. Please show me the way.
1: Now, um, always use the word now.
0: I le- Yeah, I learned that. Right this now. Weekend, yeah. Right now, exactly, because where they are from, there's no time of before or during no, or after. Know. It's all in this one quantum field. But um, my question to you is also, what advice would you give to people that are that really want to journey into this path of healing, but they feel that they may be ostracized by their family, by society, by community. I mean, I myself, I came out of the spiritual closet, right, per se. Like all of my um, my family members, most of them are physicians, professionals, and here I am. I do have a degree in education and furthered my studies in computer science, but this this was my calling, and I feared for so long of the outside, what what will they think? What will they think? So what advice do you have for people to stand and step into this path of healing if this is what their soul is calling?
1: So let me, if I can, Jenna, let me back up and just say one other thing about the beings Please. around us first. Um, one of the things I hear all the time, and it's part of the church's teaching, I'm not bashing anything, I'm just observing, is that we tend to think that we are being uh, greedy or taking away from others if we ask for help. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I can't can't ask for that in my prayer because if I do, somebody else is not going to get it or I shouldn't ask so much or I'm being greedy, I'm being selfish, I'm being self-centered. And this is what I know to be true. And I really want you guys to pay attention to this because it's important. All the beings that are working with us are on a spiritual path as well. There's always an energy exchange. Mm. So we think we're being, we're taking, 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 right? When we ask the, the all appropriate beings who are with me now to help me now with this math test or I'm stuck in traffic or this health issue or whatever, whatever it is, when we ask for help and we actually allow them to help the help us, they ascend and they move forward on their path because they're ascending by helping us. So understand there's always an energy exchange. This is not me taking, this is me exchanging their help. I'm helping them, they're helping me. I'm helping them, they're helping me. So the more we ask, the more we're helping them and the more we're helping us, and all the people around us, our lineage and all, all mankind. So please let go of any belief that you have that like the genie, you only get three wishes your whole life right. or I'm being greedy or I'm being selfish or whatever. I'm asking for stuff all day long, you know, cause I'm working with people. I'm also asking it for me. And I know that they're so excited to help us because us them helping us helps them move up their path, ascend and become higher vibration, right so it's always an energy exchange. The other thing I want to say really quickly and I'll, I promise I answer your question is that in my in my path, I have learned that the beings around me will change as I change, so people get used to people especially people that can see or feel or know. They know they can feel this set of beings always around them, and they they get comfort in that. I did that. Mm-hmm. I used to call them the boys, you know they were my buddies, my best friends, the boys and even though they were feminine and masculine, I called them the boys and One day I started doing a healing session, and the boys weren't there and I was freaked out. I thought I must have lingered too long at looking at some beautiful lady or you know, who knows, I had an impure thought or I shouldn't have gotten a scratch off card. I mean, you know, (laughs) your mind goes crazy. Like, what did I do? Punishment or fear. Yep. They left. And I luckily had a a shaman friend in Sedona. And I said, I don't know what to do. I pissed off my guides. (laughs) And she said, No, you haven't. She said, You're looking... You're looking for them, like, and she used the example. You always look to the left because you know they're always going to be there. And you're looking to the left and they're not there, are they? How about look to the right?
0: Look to the right, yeah.
1: And, you know, like, or look behind you or look somewhere else. You're looking for something that doesn't exist anymore. You've got new guides because you're different. Yeah. And so uh, there they are. And, like, okay, so that happens and happens and happens. So it doesn't mean you did something wrong. It means you did something great.
0: So they're right, not the so boys anymore. They were the, the men now. <laughs> I went
1: to the men and then I called them the men in black. And I, you know, I always have fun names for them because they have a sense of humor. Love that. Right, let me answer your question. So I actually answered this question on the Omega weekend and I hope it's okay if I use the same answer. Please
0: do. Please do. It's
1: me. It's my personal experience. So You know, remember, my parents were religious. They did an exorcism on me. They thought I was devil, the devil child. 45 years later, I proudly announced to the same parents, obviously, that I'm moving to Sedona because I'm a healer. Do you think they were excited? That went well, right? They told me, get the hell out of their house now. You know, I'm in my 50s. They're in their 80s. And they're still bringing up all kinds of guilt and fear and anxiety in me by telling, you know, telling me what to do. I'm a grown man, I thought. So I left their house and my mother wrote me this nasty letter and told me how horrible I was. I was always the worst child and all this stuff. And I was devastated. And so <clears throat> this was, this was like in February, right? So, um, so I, I didn't have any contact with my parents until the next Christmas. They had moved to Denver, and I drove from Sedona to Denver. I'm like, it's Christmas Day. My parents have to be nice to me on Christmas Day. It's Christmas morning, for God's sakes. I've just driven all night from Sedona. I drive up to my parents' house, and knock, you know the doors locked. so I knock on the door. My mom opens the door and says, oh, it's you, and closes the door in my face. And I hear the door lock. Christmas morning.
0: Wow.
1: So, so, you know, can you imagine? I'm devastated in my 50s, i I'm like my own parents. And the rest of my siblings are in the house. Everybody's gathered in the house and I'm not allowed to come in. I'm not, I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm telling you this because it's very important teaching that I learned. I drove back to Sedona. I was devastated. I spent three months trying to figure out how I could change. And again, I had a shaman friend in Sedona who said, why are you showing up the way you're showing up? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she said, you're showing up trying to be who you think your parents want you to be. So you're showing up in in an untruth, you're showing up in a lie, you're showing up out completely out of integrity. You're who you are. Go back to your parents, own it, show up as the healer you you are, and see what happens. So I'm like, okay. So I got back in the car. I, I left my medicine bag on. I left all my necklaces and bracelets and all my paraphernalia
0: with,
1: yeah, uh, the shamans. Had my shaman outfit on, right? Got back in the car. This is absolutely true. Drove to Denver. It was early morning again, knocked on the door of my parents' house. My mother answered, that, opened the door and said, Rob, where have you been? Come on in. Let's, let's, what's going on? Okay. The only difference was I showed up in my integrity and my truth and my power. So when people say, I don't know how to act in front of other people, it's because you're trying to act instead of being who you really are. The energy of acting, of lying, of deceiving, of trying to deceive, of trying to be something you're not is very powerful and it, it brings people's emotions up and it will challenge you every time. People used to say to me all the time, I, I got a family reunion next week and I don't want to go because every time I go, there's a fight. And I mm. say, why do you think there's a fight? Well, because they don't like me. I am. I'm like, so show up. You're you trying to show up as the child you think they expect you to be show up as who you really fricking are and stand in your power, stand in your truth damn it, this is me. I don't care what you think, right? It changes everything. It changed my life. I learned such a lesson from that. My parents from that day on were so engaged and interested and actually let me work on them.
0: That's amazing. And
1: the only difference was I decided to show up as my truthful Rob, not who I thought they wanted to see. Because they energetically, even my parents could see Through my lie, and that was repelling to them and disgusting to them.
0: Because it's a mask, it was a facade that we were wearing, right? It wasn't
1: true. It wasn't true. It was like I had a scary mask on trying to fake it instead of Rob Mask, the real Rob, by being honest. So try that.
0: So just of them being honest and authentic, and that's it, you know? Um, Yeah, I remember family reunions also, and they would be like, hey, Janet, how's that? spiritual thing going for you. I'm like, it's, it's going, it's going. And now they're calling me, what should I do about this yeah. business? Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, you have the answers. Yeah. <laughs> you have the answers. But Rob, this is, this has been amazing. Are there any last tips or anything that your soul is being drawn to tell the viewers um, during this time of how we can all elevate the consciousness and the vibrations altogether? there anything that um, yeah there's like there's um
1: you know i i do these calls that um are you know channeling some of the masters their teachings and their healings and they and you know they started in october a year ago talking about overwhelm and so they did a series about overwhelm mm. and they were talking about being overwhelmed by events to come and in october we had no idea of covid but they were giving us a really good idea of something coming And so what they've been talking about a lot this summer is is how we as human beings continue to react with emotions. So, you know, the the primary emotion right now is fear. You know, am I going to get COVID? Am I going to have any money? Am I going to lose my job? Is somebody going to get reelected? I mean, all these things are fear-based. Yes. And what happens is when we go into our own insecurities and our own fears, we project all that fear down into our body, which gets projected out into our energy body our, or our light body, whatever you want to call it. And that then gets projected back into the collective consciousness. So the fear that's being projected, we're receiving it and we're projecting it out even and making it stronger.
0: It's like a pulse.
1: Yeah. It's like a pulse. We're feeding mm-hmm. the fear that's being fed us, and that's not going to work, right? So, what what they're ta- what they've been talking about, talking about, talking about is to understand what's going on, and notice, be an observer, not a participant in what's being projected at you, and instead of being a participant in the fear energy, be a participant in the love and compassion energy. So when you Feel the fear being projected at you. Don't go into anger and fear and worry and doubt and all that stuff. You know, grab your heart, do this, tap on your heart and go, I'm sending love and compassion to my body and to the planet and project that out because that's where all this is going is bringing everybody into their heart. And when you project out uh, love and compassion, it tends to start neutralizing all that fear. Fear cannot survive. In an environment of love and compassion, yes. but fear is being projected out by every—not everybody—but everybody's getting projected it, and we're buying into it and pushing it out and making it stronger. The bottom line is God's not going to lose this 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 contest, this battle.
0: Mm-mm.
1: You know, not going to happen. But we're going to make it as long and as tough as we make it by continuing to buy in to the lies and the untruths and the fear instead of standing in your power, knowing what's true, projecting out love and compassion to yourself and to the world. That's what's going to change.
0: That's exactly right. That's That's it.
1: it.
0: Oh, amazing. 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 But I do want to welcome everybody. And I invite everyone to really check out Rob on com and sign up on the monthly global transmissions. They are life changing and truly like every single month that you'll it's, Each experience is never the same. You know, the next experience, you you may have not, you know, had like amazing epiphanies and something physical happens, but all these changes are are such in a subtle level and you may feel it months later, days later, but it really is truly magical. All of these transmissions and the messages from the masters. So, um, I do want to thank you for your time and also for aiding me in my healing journey and my spiritual path as well because truly I'm able now to live my authentic truth and you're part of that where I used to have this stigma that there's no PhD at the end of my the initials after my name and just by being yourself is that's all that you need because the truth is the but truth and
1: yep will set you free as I say
0: Thank you for your time. Thank you for your divine light and for all that you do. You know, I love you and thank you.
1: I love you too, my friend. Thank you.